Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. from the various remote BOD studio locations. It is still not episode 50. As we sit here and prepare for the big 50th episode and bring a a little bit of content to your ears, this is uh, episode 49 and three quarters. We're creeping closer to 50. um, But we're we're trying to put together some some big stuff and, and make it fun. And we're also trying to find our way through uh, who knows what of no events and conventions and uh, (laughs) content. So in this episode tonight, we are going to be talking about what we're playing, hobbying, purchasing, a little bit of Kickstarter, kind of an abbreviated um, banter, if you will. And then we're going to get into, uh, we're going to, we're going to sift through the wreckage of 2020 and and find the, the diamonds that were, Uh, left behind um, as we talk about each of our top five or so things uh, from the year that was 2020. Um, In that wreckage, I plan on leaving my resolutions from episode whatever, where we talked about 2020 because it just didn't happen. So we're not even going to do that. We're leaving those behind. Feel free to dig them up on your own time and ask us how we did. Um, The answer is poorly. But uh, we will perhaps revisit some resolutions for the next year coming up in, in a while. But for now, we're going to find some of the, the true gems of the past year and kind of go through them and, and talk about that. Yeah, we'll apologize. Yeah, we missed December, but that was probably our resolution episode that we decided we weren't going to do because we didn't do anything. Um, so, yeah, so we apologize because I think we our last we were kind of at the end of November, early December. Um, and then we had the best intentions, but um, all kinds of things got in the way. So that they do. But here we are, 2021, and we're going to talk about some of the good things from 2020. So, in uh, in true playing and slaying fashion, though, when you are playing and slaying, it's important to stay hydrated. So, what are we drinking tonight? I know we had to remind. I think Troy may have not remembered that we actually have this segment. So we'll see what he grabbed. <laughs> I did. I think that was Josh. That was Josh. Oh, I, I apologize. I, I actually grabbed something with alcohol in it for once, which I know I, lately I haven't even been doing that. But um, as we approach fifty, I have to like start celebrating. So I do have Warm a special. Up, yeah. I have a special drink set outside already for our episode fifty, but. And it doesn't have Van Gogh blueberry acai no, vodka. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
All right, Troy. So what did you find for uh, for tonight's uh, episode? I went to the back of the BOD fridge uh, and found uh, a Central Waters Vanilla Bean Stout Brewer's Reserve, uh, which is uh, scrumptious, really good. Uh, Central Waters, which is in, somebody help me, in, where is it? Is that Amherst? Let's see if it tells me. It's going to tell me. Uh, it should tell me somewhere. I guess I'd have to do on it. I think so. It's somewhere in, oh yeah, there it is. Amherst, Wisconsin. Good job. Boom. That's what I'm here for. Except for the one time where I said a brewery was in like California and it was New York and I was just way <laughs> off. Hey. But, uh, but yeah, really, really, I don't know. I, this has been sitting in the back for a while. So it's an aged vanilla bean. <laughs> so it's, it's been a lot of, a lot of sweetness to it. Yeah. Not, it's pretty smooth. It's been cellared. Excellent. Josh, what uh what are you imbibing this eve? Um I I don't know, I felt like a Stella. So I'm drinking Stella, and that's out of Belgium. <laughs> and uh Matt Damon just bought clean water for somewhere, right? That's their thing. There you when go. Every yeah. Stella gets clean water for something. Yeah. You got it. Cool. Well, uh I am drinking a immortal soul. It is a, uh, a Imperial West Coast style um, double, so a double IPA with Citra and Mosaic, uh, and they say cryo hops. I'm not sure if that's a way of preserving the hops or, you know, it would, I'd imagine cold of some kind. Maybe you can enlighten me, Josh, but it is uh, from Eagle Park, one of my favorite kind of southeastern Wisconsin breweries in Muskego. They have an operation in Milwaukee, too, but um, uh, it is very good. Um, and it has a couple of strange, like icons around this snake that is eating its tail. I forget what the name of that snake is from mythology. Um, but it looks like there's a little D six up in one corner, which is pretty cool. Um, so I kind of want to know the story, but there's some like Nordic runes and other symbols. So I think the dice for like the dice being cast by fate, but, um, it's, uh, it's really good and it's cool art on the can. I'll try to snap a picture for for twitter or something before i throw it away but yeah so hopefully you are all enjoying a beverage uh toasting in you know the new year and uh hopefully the the coming spring i know winter has got us in its uh grasp here in wisconsin it's been pretty mild but we're not through it yet so um, I'm waiting for the air to warm up so I can prime some models and we'll get back to that in hobby. But, uh, you know, that's, that's probably why I haven't done anything. I'll blame it on that. There you go. Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of hobby and playing and building and buying, what are we, uh, what are we getting to the table or the virtual table as it may be, if we're still not having, you know, we're at least not getting together for board game nights. So I did, uh, John and John and maybe my, and Ashton came over a couple nights, um, uh, over the last month or so. And I finally got, uh, Nemesis to the table. Um, so Nemesis, which is basically just a giant ripoff of Alien. Um, it's basically Alien, the board game, uh, without a license. Um, and it's, it was a lot of fun. Um. I mean, what got me in was it's it's uh um, what is it alt what's it, I want to say um, what's the name of the uh, company altered not altered realms 
Is it Awaken Realms? Awaken Realms. Thank you. There we go. Awaken Realms. Um, it's Awaken Realms. So, of course, gorgeous miniatures. Um, depending on which game you get, some of them are really great games and some of them are okay games, I think is, is probably what you, mm-hmm. if you go through their their uh, their backlog. Again, you know, we have, uh, was it, uh, This War of Mine was probably one of their first and original ones, which actually didn't have a lot of miniatures, but uh, really, really good game. Um, and then, so Nemesis is basically you're on the ship you're you it's a little bit it's got i guess what's a good um maybe a combination of some zombicide with a little uh dead of winter because you do have like your own objectives and and how you want to how you can win and some of them can be a little antagonistic with other people's ones um some interesting mechanic like you can't but you can you can't do any direct uh, you know, attacks to other player characters and stuff like that. So you have to be kind of subtle on, on what, you know, how you, if you're going to screw somebody over, um, you can, you can do certain things like, Hey, I'm just going to lock you in this room with the alien. Um, or like what I did is I, 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 mine was, I needed to, to kill the queen. Um, and, and one of the easiest ways to kill the queen is, well, let's just blow up the whole ship and then get in the escape pods and leave. Um, and John's objective was probably just to get back to earth. And so when I went in and clicked the self-destruct thing, then he ran in right now. So it was one of those, like I flipped the switch, he runs and then I run out, he runs back in, flips the switch off. I run back to flip it back <laughs> on, flip it back on. Uh, but then at that point, like at some point, like it, it, what's you count down from like 15 turns. Um, so it does have this kind of, you know, ending mechanic or, and there is some, it ratches up kind of a little bit of like, Hey, we got to figure this stuff out. And, and at some, so at some point I couldn't, like, I ran out of time to actually set the self-destruct, um, before we kind of jumped into hyperspace. So then I had to like, uh, kind of ad lib, like, well, now I have to really figure out how to fight, fight the queen and, <laughs> and things like that. So we played it twice. Um, and I think we played it almost right. Um, I would say the rule book is, a a solid B maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe B minus in some respects, just, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a struggle to figure out what the order is sometimes like, should this section be in there? Um, and there's a few things that feel like they should be reference, reference things that should be on the back or front of the rule book that just aren't, you always have to flip to some page to find this thing that you're using on every turn. So, it, you know, there's a small things like that, that could have made it an excellent rule book versus an average rule book. Um, but, uh, again, there's lots of tutorials and stuff online too. So it wasn't too bad to figure out how to play. And, uh, and it's got, uh, again, it's basically, you know, each of the characters take turn you kind of have your player turn and you take turns and you each have a couple actions um you're basically playing off of a deck of, a, a deck of cards that are your actions and each player character has kind of a unique set of actions um some of them are similar but depending if you're the mechanic you're the captain or you're the scout or the soldier you you have some special abilities that are in your deck of cards that um that the other other people don't reflect so each each player character has their own flavor too which gives some interest to it so so I, again, yeah, I, I'm. It's one, you know a good sign of game is like we we John and I played one one evening and then the, immediately the next weekend we're like we got to play this again and Ashton came over and we we played it again and again I think I would get it to the table table again and I even stuck more energy in it that we will talk about a little later in that <laughs> with all the cool miniatures that are in there too. So um, I would yeah I would get I mean it's it's one of those, it's an interesting game. Like I went in with, I had done a lot of research on it too. So I, I, it, it can, it's, it, I think it, it's also a little bit of a fragile game in that, you know, things can go wrong and you can have, you could have player elimination. So you could have, you know, somebody who's like dies in the first, 
you know, half hour, 45 minutes of a three hour game. Um, that's not very much fun. Um, you could have things go really south and every, you know, nobody gets anything. So the game has enough, I think, but that also creates a little bit of the, the tension to it and that you can know. So, and, and I don't think you go into the game a little bit like, um, like dead of winter. I think you have to go into the game, not thinking like I'm going to win. Um, you know, you basically go in, it's like, Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're basically going to tell a story over the next three hours using this board game. Um, cause each, you're going to have little moments like John and I with flipping the, the, the self-destruct and, 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 you know, and you do have to kind of be cooperative to try and live because the aliens are dangerous and things like that. So it, it's almost like, yeah, I, I do want to get my objectives and see so you can win. But, um, you know, I, in the end in that one, I ended up not, I, I think I ended up dying. I wasn't able to get into the, the, you have to basically get into the, the hypersleep pod before the, this, this thing jumps. And I think I ended up getting killed or, or jumped cause I was trying to kill the queen for the last second. So, um, but I felt good. Like, Hey, we told the story, things happened and, um, and things like that. So I, I think if you go into it the right attitude and maybe you kind of like, Hey, if every once in a while you're going to have an experience that probably is kind of subpar because there, there is some certain randomness to it. And, and that could just go South and, um, and, but I don't think that kind of takes away from the game. There was really kind of a really cool game in there. Um, but it's almost like a real cool story. Like, Hey, we're going to get together and we're going to use this, this uh, framework to tell a really cool story. So, so I'll give nemesis definitely a thumbs up. Excellent. Yeah. It, uh, it looks like cool models. Um, I did have one question about the models I saw and, and I know you're going to talk about your, your hobby, but it looked like a, a dead woman in a chair. And I'm like, how is this a game piece? Like is the dead person like, you're moving around controlling them or <laughs> uh, it is uh well it basically they can be objectives so uh, okay uh, I think you actually you actually start out like that's actually a if you want to call it just a little color like you always start when you wake up out of hyperspeed space or kind of out of your sleep chamber what you notice right away is one of your team members is dead <laughs> gotcha is dead already so you can kind of you could use that as there but then if somebody dies if somebody dies um you basically want to use them as a marker because um, there are objectives like they, you could either take them to, you know, their pieces to a lab and dissect them and figure out if they have alien eggs in them or <laughs> get their stuff or things like that. So they're just kind of really cool. They're, um, they're not set pieces, game set pieces but yeah. they just kind of add a little more atmosphere to it. Okay. I was, yeah, I was like, do you just play a dead person? You sit there and you don't get any actions or what's, what's going on. But now that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's not talked about that bad play experience. It's like, hey, you died in the first twenty minutes, and we're going to keep playing for the next three hours. Here, yeah. I gave you this really cool miniature to make you feel better. <laughs> All right, so that's Nemesis. Um, this looks like a, an expansion of some kind that somebody's been playing. Did you uh, dabble with that one, Troy? The Carcassonne. Yeah, Carcassonne. Yeah, and uh, it is. We just played this the other night on Board Game Arena and called Carcassonne Hunters and Gatherers. And it's actually an, a standalone uh, new version of Carcassonne. Uh, I think the the story behind it is you're basically in the same place that the normal Carcassonne takes place, but you're back in prehistoric times. Um, and so you have basically Hunters and Gatherers. You have, and it's, again, the same kind of rules. You're pulling out tiles, building, um, you know, building rivers, forests, um, that stuff but you, you don't have buildings and it's a lot um and the scoring is a little a little different in that you're um you kind of have each of the tiles like the have especially the rivers there's a lot based on rivers because there's 
um, like fish tokens or fish counter, you know, pictures on different tiles. And you actually score, like depending on how many, when you kind of close a river, um, the ends of a river um, or a lake kind of thing, then you get the points based on the um, the number of fish that you have on there. And there's some, and then there's some special tiles that have these little stone tablet things on them. And if you complete a forest that has one of those, there actually is then this set of like a dozen special tiles that all have kind of different kind of special powers and, and super things. And that's actually how it was interesting. That's how John kind of won the game we did is that one of those tiles, I can't even remember what the, the mechanic was, but that basically was a big point total for him. And that actually ended up being the difference between, between him and I at the end. Um, so it's, it, it feels a little, a little tighter than maybe original Carcassonne because the scoring is a little bit different. Um, and the same thing like fields, like there is the idea of fields, but it's not the normal scoring. There's actually like, again, pictures of animals and, uh, and deer and things like on the, on the different tiles. And that's actually, if you're in a field and it has so many deer, that's how many points you get uh, on there. But again, some of the mechanics are the same. Like if you don't, you know, if you're, you have to be the only one in there, if you have this, you know, if you end up having multiple people, whoever has the most gets the, the points and stuff like that. So very much, you know, core Carcassonne, but the scoring and the tiles themselves are a little different. So it was a nice kind of change up um, on that, uh, on kind of the basic Carcassonne. So um, I would, I would, again, if you're, if you like it and you're looking for something a little different, I would, I would kind of, and again, it's on board game arena. So we was like, Hey, it's brand new. Let's try it out. Very cool. Uh, so Josh, what have you been playing to stay busy? Uh, I've been playing a lot of magic arena. Um, yeah, it <laughs> not, not a ton to say about that. I just been, uh, when I have 10, 15 minutes here and there, uh, I will jump on there and I, I don't have a really good deck currently so i've been messing around with some things trying to figure something out but um it's sort of been my escape uh just to you know fill 20 minutes half hour here and there so very cool are you gonna reach diamond one or whatever or <laughs> plat- i'm gonna try but uh, yeah, yeah I, struggling to to find a deck that i like and that plays well um but yeah, it's it's I don't know. So it's, it's a weird set rotation right now. All right. Well, I I have not been playing Magic: The Gathering on on the iPad or computer. I have been playing Carcassonne though versus the AI. So at night when I've got time, I can usually finish a game in about ten minutes. It feels like. So I've been improving my Carcassonne skills. Um, nice against uh the the strong computer player and it's it's tough it's like holy cow um really comes down to luck of the draw and the tiles at at times but um been doing a little bit of that and then probably last year for christmas uh landon had gotten uh zombie kids it's a legacy game where you are kids defending your school from zombies and you're trying to work together to lock up the entryways and uh, just recently, we finished the. You put like stickers on this chart as you go. In every game, you get one sticker. And if you complete a mission, you get another one. And then if you complete a group of missions, you get like a bonus trophy sticker. And as you fill in these stickers, you unlock additional envelopes. So that's the legacy part. And each envelope introduces a new rule, a new type of super zombie, a new hero power, you know, something that adds to your game. And we, uh, we just put the last sticker on the track after what is probably 
50 odd games of zombie kids over the last calendar year um, and got the two bonus scenarios and, you know, the final sticker to put on your zombie hunter, like passport. Um, so it was, it was a mad push to get the final envelope. Cause once he saw we were, you know, five or six stickers away, uh, he wanted to just play them all at once. And I was like, no, we're not going to play more than like two games tonight. You're going to have to <laughs> have to wait. So he was chomping at the bit to get that done. So we did. Um, and then this, uh, this Christmas got him, well, I got the family a game called little town. Um, I think it's by Aiello. It is not tiny towns. They're very similar named games, but different designers, different, uh, really different play styles. So in little town, you have workers and there's a, a map that has some resources on it, like wood, stone, uh, fields can be played so you can get grain or water where you can harvest fish. And you have to be able to feed your workers at the end of each round. And you also have to have materials to purchase buildings. So on your turn, you can either place a worker to gain resources from the adjacent squares to where you place your worker, or you can place in the building uh, like construction zone and then take one of the building tiles if you have the resources to, to play it. And then the buildings all offer resources of their own. So when players place next to where your buildings are, they can activate that and get whatever it is. So it's kind of like a resource management um, town, you know, building and the, the winner is determined by victory points. So it, it has some advanced mechanics, but um with a little bit of help landon's been able to grasp it and he really likes it so we've played a few games with with the family um so nicole and landon and myself sit down and and play it um and it's it's an enjoyable worker placement it's not too cutthroat so you know the the worst that happens is you block a space that somebody really wants to use um but if you can't feed your workers there's a negative three victory points per worker that you don't have food for so you have to like kind of mitigate your your desire to just go build everything collect stone and wood by actually getting wheat and fish to be able to feed your workers and then you have three objective cards that offer you bonus points if you accomplish the goals as as you play through the four rounds so um the games play in probably 30 40 minutes but it's a really cool worker placement strategy game with accessible you know straightforward enough limited options um, and mechanics for, uh, you know, somebody who's a little bit younger to, to learn, but really fun game. Um, I don't know. It didn't, it definitely didn't win spiel, uh, DRS last year, but I think it was on a short list of games that were like either nominated or recommended by the, the panel. Um, and then I did pick up a game, haven't played it yet called my city. Uh, I think it's Reiner Kinesia, um, and it might have been the Spiel Diaris winner. It's a city building game, but legacy style. So you have your tile that changes and you introduce as your city advances from the first discovery of gold to like modern technology. So they introduce the railroad and these rules throughout. And I think you play over the course of like 25 games or something like that. But it looks really cool. Um, and it's pretty straightforward. So I think that's when we'll, we'll start playing in a little bit. But that's kind of my my board gaming at home. I was joking with uh, Matt and Barry about I saw a game where you it's a really grindy Euro game called like Praga 
Praga something. Praga Corpa Regnu, or you're like building the city of Prague and your wealthy merchants that are like dedicating their money towards building up the city or building a cathedral. And I said, man, this is the kind of game I could see us sitting and playing for four hours. Um, and then when I thought about it, I haven't played a board game with, you know, my friends or adults in 12 months. Uh, but I've played 50 games of zombie kids. God knows how many of King Domino <laughs> and, and other stuff. So, so is little town like little town? Sorry to jump back to that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like it's some. Is it a younger version of like? Is it? It's not Stone Age or I feel like there's a similar. It has similar like mechanics to like a Stone Age, but it's just a little more streamlined, a little easier to grasp. Um, because your your actions are not dictating a certain kind of resource. It's where you you're either gathering or building. That's it. When you gather, you're putting your your little meeple on the board and then looking at the squares adjacent and if there's a a symbol for you know a forest nearby and then also a pond you collect a wood and a fish from the supply if somebody then builds like uh, an inn that generates coins and you place in a space that touches those three you would take your fish your wood and your coins so it's like you're choosing where to place and that determines what resources you get. So it's not like you're having to choose this turn. I'm just going to go to the quarry and get stone. You're getting multiple resources depending on where you're placing your, your meeples. And then the strategy comes in selecting that as well as where you put your buildings. Cause you don't want to, you know, make one square that you're not going to be up in the turn order for two turns too attractive. So sometimes you get them spaced out. So it's, you got to make the choice between, do I go for that now? Or do I wait and, and get it later? Cool. It's uh, it's worker placement that I think you would even have fun with, Troy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not too many decisions. That's good. <laughs> um, we've been playing some Dungeons and Dragons uh, still, so um, I I don't have too much to add in the Sundering, uh, which is the kind of homebrew world that I'm playing with. Paul and Tom and Josh and Bryce. Uh, the characters are up to level 14. Um, they've they've kind of entered into the, you know, not quite the final chapter, but the lead up to it. You know, they're in this ancient citadel trying to find a, a well of worlds to access um, the abyss to go after this demon lord. So they're they're on the edge of kind of the final conflict and the final chapter. Uh, at level 14, which is pretty cool because characters get pretty, pretty powerful. Anything, anything you wanted to to add, Josh, about our our Sundering game for for the time being? No, just like at the at the end of the last session, um, you had kind of mentioned, hey, uh, we're gonna kind of start a, a little bit of a dungeon crawl here, and I was kind of like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of excited to to see what we have in store here. So yeah, I know it's. I've been having a blast at this. It's been a lot of fun, and um, yeah, I, I I don't know how many uh, how many more sessions there are, but I, I hope uh, yeah, I, it's going to be bittersweet, right? And I, it, it'll be cool to see how it ends, but I also kind of don't want it to end. So it's um. You know, we've had a few of the characters die, and they've all been pretty meaningful and symbolic. Um, there was a conflict uh, recently in which 
Bryce's paladin fell and he knew that he wasn't coming back. It was his last, uh, like last life, so to speak. Cause I've kind of been limiting like raised dead and resurrection to only, only a couple. And on the third, you know, the third strike you're, you're out. Um, and one of Paul's, Paul's character took the deck of many things that they've been holding on to that had about 14 cards. And he said, I'm drawing all of them until I find, and he knew that the fates card was in there that could reverse one thing. And he was going to reverse Maladon, the paladin's death. So he started drawing and drawing and drawing and things were happening. He drew the fates card, which you don't have to use right away. And he said, I'm, you know, I'm going to draw. And there was like three cards left. He drew the next one. It was the donjon. That sentences you to this extra dimensional prison. So, uh, Dip the the rogue um, said, "I'm using fates to to bring Maladon back," and that was his last action before you know. Then he was whisked away to the donjon and lost to time and space. And the paladin came back with uh, the rogue gone, you know, surrounded by the wizard and the the Josh's Ranger, Grinlow, and um, and then I I brought one of Paul's old characters back, who had been kind of in the spirit realm, defending this like this gate, like making a last stand. This dwarven cleric, and kind of tapped him on the shoulder, and he was told he had to return to the mortal, you know, the mortal world. So now I wasn't finding a way to introduce a random character with no background and no you know meaningful place. And Paul now has his old cleric back. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's pretty pretty cool how we're weaving these stories together. And it's been a lot of fun, a re- relatively epic storyline. For sure. Um, speaking of epic storylines, we're doing Rhyme of the Frostmaiden uh, in, in our other group, having a lot of fun with that. Um, Troy, I mean, highlights, it's it's early. I think we're in our third or fourth town, kind of making our way around the 10 towns. Um, they are, uh, and what's great is they're actually planning like a, a business empire. So they found a cauldron of plenty. They're going to open a restaurant. They're looking for what the best town to do it in is going to be. And that's also where Tom's Artificer is going to open up an artifice shop. And I've seen business plans. I've heard talk about, you know, fair wages, who's what town's gonna make the the best like place for the business to grow. They're they're really taking this to the next level as far as adventuring and coming up with a reliable income stream to retire on. Yes, we have a we have a backup plan if this adventuring <laughs> thing goes south. Um but it's it, it's I it's I like that. I mean it's fun to be around the Icewind Dale. Uh, it, to me, right, it's just so rich in all this, you know, history, basically, right, and kind of D and D lore and and things like that, and and it's, uh, like we've had some epic second level battles, like <laughs> <laughs> that's what's been interesting. I think, yeah, we, I mean, we lost somebody already, uh, like yeah, uh, frost giant skeleton <laughs> cleaved uh, Heath's blood hunter in half. A single critical did forty six points it of damage. Been, and... It might have been quarters. Like it was, it yeah. was not even, yeah. It was, it was a, an you, auto you've death. Been, you've been rolling crits at the exact uh, yeah inopportune time for us. 
Yeah, well, ever since Bryce accused me of pulling punches back, you know, a couple of <laughs> campaigns ago, I now do only public dice rolling, and when I get the crits, I, I make them hurt. So zero punches are pulled uh, in this last year, ever since Bryce accused me of taking it easy on you guys. Uh, but yeah, we've had some, I mean, yeah, there's been, we've had a lot of, yeah, I had the swords out and uh, it's, uh, we've had some battles that are like, yeah, I think we should have this, but it just kind of tips and we, we don't have the best dice rolling at some time. It seems like we all go cold at the same time sometimes, which is not good. There'll be, yeah, there'll be a round or two where you guys are all just missing, missing, missing. And then I crit one of you and it's like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The but D, it, it's fine. The I mean, D20. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm having I'm having fun because I'm I, it's the first time I haven't played a druid and I don't know if ever forever. So and the the star circle druid is is pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm having fun with that. That's the new that newer uh, subclass in Tasha's book. So um, so yeah, part of it is just trying to figure out what like what does this character really do? Because I think originally I'm like, well, he's kind of a druid. He'll kind of be that you know kind of that buff kind of back row guy um but uh, so far right now at least he he basically can also throw a lot of throw of damage out um, your uh your goodberry saved your life against the ice troll yeah. <laughs> and it was funny like that was uh it was you know a little bit random because we we you know we ran into some kids we rescued some kids and in 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 the end it didn't have any real value but i'm like ah, i i cast goodberry and i give them each a goodberry just to you know, kind of get them, get them back and make them feel good and back on their feet. And I'm sure they haven't eaten and things like that. And so I had, yeah, otherwise I would not have had those in my pocket <laughs> uh, to, uh, to keep myself, uh, to keep myself alive. <laughs> some, what is that? That was the ice troll, right? Yeah. He's not. Yeah. No, violent, a lot of violence. It's been a, a brutal, brutal start to the campaign. Um, yeah. So that is what we've been playing. Um, let's talk a little bit about the hobby um, other than the accountability uh, challenge. So um, mine is simple. I don't have any. I did uh, I did put two pieces of art in frames that I that my wife found for me at uh, Michael's. One was Richard Witters when I was out in Seattle visiting Madame and Elena a few years back. Richard Witters had given me one of his pencil sketch originals of the restrained and the charmed um, like illustration from the player's handbook in fifth ed. So I had this eight and a half by 11 sheet of, you know, like paper with pencil sketches on each side. So I trimmed that to fit the eight by 10 frame and got that framed. And then I found a guy, uh, a website that does Lord of the Rings style art uh, maps. So I bought the state of Wisconsin and it's all the script, like Tolkien's maps were in the front of the Lord of the Rings and nice. the city names and, the regions of the state, you know, like the glacial drift plain and like the whatever central northern forest. And um, it's really cool. So got that framed as well. So that's my hobby other than the accountability challenge. And it's not really hobby. <laughs> it's kind of. It's, it's got art to it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've been, uh, I, I had kind of a 3D printing mishap um and and it instead of it like erroring out and stopping it continued to drag and bubble and make a, a gigantic mess um and i ordered i i was trying to clean it up and i pulled the wrong cable and broke something 
ordered a part to try to replace it. That wasn't enough. I need more parts. So I'm I'm waiting for, for more parts. But in all of that, I, I decided uh, to kind of up my game a little bit. And um, I'll talk about this later. But um, yeah, i kind of been playing with Octoprint uh, and, and kind of doing some of that stuff. So in fixing my mess, I'm trying to make things cleaner and run more smoothly. So um, yeah, that's kind of been my my project right now it's it's my 3d printer is in like 10 different parts right now <laughs> waiting for this uh replacement pieces so yeah cool. that's i mean i i have not been uh, over around christmas time uh i had at, at one point i think all three of mine were in some state of disrepair and i just finally took i focus and like and I had to get it some, I get some parts and one some wasn't my, where I was upgrading them. I'm like, Hey, I'm going to put a new motherboard in this one. And this one's been giving me a hard time. And one of them was a new one, but it needed some work out of the gate. And so I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get them all up and running. And so I spent a couple of days and just focused on getting them all going. And now they're just, they're all ready to work, but I have not had any motivation to actually print anything. <laughs> so they're all sitting all really nice and they're all setting there. They're standing there at attention. Uh, but I just have to figure out like, what's the next thing I'm going to dive into on, uh, on some of that stuff, whether it's some of the space Hulk stuff or, but even that I, I I'm just, I, I haven't put my mind on like the plan of what I really want to print. And I'd rather than just randomly printing stuff, I suppose I could be doing that, but um, I did that for a long time. So now I'm, I'm like, I, I need a plan before I attack anything. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do and then print sitting there too. I haven't, I haven't, that's the one thing I didn't do. Cause I do have one that I bought a while and I'm like, Oh, I should like, I need to like, again, sit down and just spend a few hours and get it up and go and play with it. Yeah. Makes, it makes things a lot easier from, well, I mean, I haven't used it yet, obviously, but <laughs> it looks like it'll make things a, a lot easier. So. Um, and then, yeah, I, I've been working on some ruined terrain, and um, I think I got that all sorted out. And I'm looking for a bin to fit it all nicely so that I can store it uh, until I play again. So, yeah. And I, um, I mentioned a little bit, as I was playing Nemesis, uh, I, we, we played it, and I'm like, hey, these miniatures are awesome. And, and it actually got me inspired to actually put some paint on some stuff <laughs> so uh, i actually painted all of the corset of nemesis uh, the the characters and aliens and some of the and i bought the the terrain piece that which is like some doors and the uh, escape pods and and uh, the little dead people uh, that ty was talking about before <laughs> so um but i yeah and i just went for again uh kind of a quick and dirty i was like well i'm just gonna try some stuff with kind of stealing a little bit of the the aliens I all did with kind of a metallic undercoat um, with my airbrush and then and then just grabbed um, some uh, contrast paint and just kind of went contrast on top of the uh, the metallic. And it actually gave a, a, a pretty cool look. Again, it's one of those where I'm like, I kind of like said, oh, I'm going to be done for now. Like, I'm like, I could come back and I could dry brush a little bit and, um, you know, probably do some more to bring out some some of the details. But I'm like, yeah, they're board game. In the end, they're board game pieces. Um, and I'm like, I, I got, I'm like, everything's painted. I'm going to call it done for now. And if I get more inspired, I can always go back and, and do some of that stuff. But, but it did also get, at one point I also, I, I, this seems to be a theme. At one point I had all four of my airbrushes out and none of them were working, uh, either. So, 
so luckily I went back and actually got the first one that I um that I had jammed up beyond uh, repair and I'm like oh let me figure out this one and next but and so I finally got that one back up and going but um the other the other three are still in some kind of I shouldn't say that my very very oldest one actually was I almost had that one going so um but it's interesting like how I didn't notice I have the the Harder and Steinbeck airbrush I think I had talked about um, and I had not gone back and used some of the other ones in a while. And I'm like, I realized how much I really like, how much the difference in just kind of the feel and the quality is uh, compared to like the the Patriot or what do I, my other, can't think of my other one. I think of Patriot, a Sotar, and uh, uh, is that a Revolution? I can't think what the other ones, all the other Badger ones. It just has a, a really different feel. But but uh, so I do have all my airbrushes, or at least two of my airbrushes, two of my four airbrushes working now, so. All right. Should we do the accountability challenge? It's easy for me. It's really easy. <laughs> I think it is for me too. Cause yeah, I talked about what I worked on cause that, that I didn't have motivation for the other stuff on here. So my previous goal back in November, very early December was to finish painting these four space Marines that are mostly done. I mean, just need to do like helmets and bring them up to, you know, details. Well, um, I did not paint at all. I failed my accountability challenge goal. Um, and in doing so, I have added 10 more dollars to my tab. I have a $20 tab to choose a charity to donate to. Um, so that was really easy. I just didn't do it. I didn't even try. I didn't pick up paints or a brush or the models. I just put some of the new models I've accrued on my hobby table shrink wrap so like my blood angels um you know two boxes of the death company the combat patrol box the whatever just sitting here with the codex that i've maybe read through like at a glance once so hobby is is hurting for me so i'm i'm gonna put it up to the group to set a hobby goal for me so you and josh uh, can think about it as you go through your own accountability challenge and assign me a goal because setting my own is is not working. It's just not happening. Um, so Troy, how did you do on your goal of building Necrons? Building Necrons, uh, I did not. I, I painted Nemesis things in the same whatever there are. There's like a dozen Necrons that are literally they were literally sitting on my hobby desk at the same time I was painting all the Necrons, all the uh, oh, sorry, all the Nemesis <laughs> stuff. It's just still sitting there and I noticed they ignored them as they stood there looking at me. Um and then and I had sprue and I basically have the sprues also on the hobby desk um while I was doing everything else just to and I totally ignored them while I did other stuff. So um so we'll see. And I don't know, yeah, I don't I it's interesting. I don't know why it is I don't have the um like I'm not motivated on them for some reason. I actually built some Necron. I started to build some Necron terrain and I got halfway and I kind of paused. So I don't I I'm actually like the I'm actually tempted to do I think my flesh tears might actually have a I, I might do a few of those guys again. That might actually give me some motivation. So I don't I'll we'll I'll be honest. Be what what I'm really struggling with, and this is kind of a tangent to the the goals, is just not playing a game, a miniature game in over a year now has removed any of my like desire to paint something new for miniature games. Just the the mm -hmm. fact that like I'm not playing at all. 
Um, and I, I've always painted for events. It's rare that I painted stuff just to like paint stuff. I was always working on a project for a Holy Wars army or, you know, it's for Adepticon, whatever, like the moment that that went away. And I'm sure I've talked about this in the past year, but like in hindsight, it, even though I set up a new hobby space and I tried to do all the things to like make it easier for me to, to do it, I'm still not doing it. I'm just not putting the time in them doing tons of other stuff but um so i don't know i don't know what it's gonna take so i have an idea but i'll let josh go first yeah let's let's hear from josh his <laughs> prior goal um and, it was and how he did paint, paint one of the buildings that i 3d printed um and i uh sensing a theme uh i did not get it done um yeah it was busy trying to clean up 3d printing messes and uh finishing the the rune city terrain and i yeah just didn't i i I looked at it hard and decided it wasn't going to happen so i also put ten dollars in in the hopper so you're up to one million and fifty yeah yeah good deal so let's let's troubleshoot this guys. Let's um <laughs> let's sit down and you know talk about best practices and lessons learned uh before we go into our next sprint. I think um, we got to pick goals that we're motivated to do. Yeah. Well, I'm my I don't know as is maybe like it's um and again ty either you and i or again josh you can get on this too like maybe ty me you and i should figure out with whatever COVID protocols we feel comfortable with like maybe it's we need to actually plan a game mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. we're going to say hey we're going to play a game in whatever three weeks or something else like that and and so and then you know put our army together and whether it's you know we could again 40k or something else like that that's like hey we'll just do a small combat patrol and that would act because I think I'm the same way too. Like, hey, I don't like which Necron should I build? Well, I don't know what army I really want to, or what they're, you know, so what I really want to build to whatever I'm going to put on the table, not just random guys. Yeah. So, um, so maybe that, that may be like the, the key that we're missing here is just figuring out how to, yeah, like, how do we just plan it? Well, I mean, you've, you've had COVID again. So like right. you're, you're safe. And yeah. I'm a little, yeah. I, so I have, we yeah. have some window here where I'm, yeah, it's not. Uh, <laughs> As long as Josh and I aren't in the same room at the same time, because we don't, we we haven't had it yet, mm-hmm. we could figure this out. Where one of us could play you, Troy, quarantine, <laughs> then the other. <laughs> well, there's something here. We can make this happen. Yep. Yeah, and I even got, and I even got um, confirmation. So I, I had a COVID COVID test throughout, like everyone Halloweenish, um, and then I. And I gave blood then a couple weeks later, one, because I'd, I'd like to give blood. It's a good thing. But I also knew then I would also get an antibody test on my blood just to double check that it was an actual true COVID, you know, because, again, the COVID tests are right. right? They're 80, 90 percent correct. Right. So you don't know if they have a false positive or something else like that. But I did get it confirmed on the blood test, too. So I'm pretty confident I had it and yeah, have recovered and. Um, and now, uh, yeah, now I'm a walking immune, uh, you know, have my, my antibodies. So I did my, my self vaccine. 
Nice. So if Troy bites us, we'll have immunity. That's how it works, right? <laughs> yep. well, yes. you have to, yeah, it's something like that. You have to do like a vampire blood infusion or something. Yeah, like if that. you just bite us, well, that yep. makes it easy. Or maybe we bite him. Yeah, let's let's think about that, and we'll maybe we talk about it next time. For now, our new goal is just hobby. Just do something. Uh, build, you know, build five models, paint the model. Um, mine's just going to be, you know, cut some stuff off a sprue and glue it together. Um, keep it simple. And then next episode, we kind of talk about what, what our plan is for getting a game and going and we'll talk behind the scenes. I like that. Yep. And yeah, so yeah, we're going to bring positivity to the hobby segment too. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a little bit of a downer in the last few months. So, (laughs) yep. All right. I did get to donate. That, which is all it's kind of that's the the, the that's the fun part, part yeah the fun part of this and uh um and first we were i remember we last time after we had done it probably shortly after our november show um i was like oh yeah i need to you know figure out where i'm going to donate uh, whatever my my tab was which was 30 or 40 bucks uh and i was i happened to i always kind of watch uh um uh kevin smith and uh mark uh, bernard mark bernard uh and um, then they're, they kind of do a, a, a live stream on Saturday nights and, uh, Kevin's kind of the same age I am. So I've always kind of identified with, with him and his geekiness and some of that, but, but they were doing a live stream and they happened to be doing one where they were doing, uh, raising money for stand up to cancer. Um, and I'm like, oh, well, here's a good reason to do that. And you kind of get to flash the name. So I did actually, I didn't donate it as me. I donated it as the playing and slang podcast just to kind of market our brand a little bit out there too so it was kind of fun but sweet very cool speaking of fundraising crowdfunding uh and intentionally we have not called it our kickstarter segment because this is one that i know i i shot a message i think to you troy and you shot something back about the platform um but uh vanguard right or iis vanguard is yep. that the the official name? Um, is is looking um, like a I don't even know how to describe it like a story based legacy space opera um, where you're all kind of operating asymmetrically on a ship to ensure mission success and advancing the the story and um, so you're all kind of different uh, different departments on the ship. Um, you know, engineering or navigation or whatever it might be. Um, and you're playing kind of asymmetric wing conditions to advance the story and be successful in the the chapters. Um, is that also Awaken Realms? Or, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's Awaken Realms. It, or some version of Awaken Realms. I don't know, because I think they have, you know, they have a whatever now, and I think they have three or four different designers in that studio. Um, uh, and then, you know, a lot of common people, but I think they're not, you know, it's not the same person or same design team on each one of the games, but I think they have two or three different designers that, that work on the different games. Yeah. So it's, it's on, uh, game founds, um, which is kind of this, like strictly to bring board games and card games to life. So it kind of carves that niche out of Kickstarter and it's its own, um, like platform where you could take one of your ideas and kind of cobble it together into a campaign um, really from the ground up and, you know, expand it as it goes. Um, But it's, it's a 
I don't know. It, it seems cool. Um, I think getting some titles like this on it will only help it kind of gain steam um, and go. But any anything else about GameFound that you think was cool, Troy? Or yeah, oh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was interesting. Um, and again, I kind of had seen uh, 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 Jamie. Uh, uh, I gotta get his last name right. I was like mention um stegmeyer stegmeyer yeah i always want to say stonemeyer i'm like that's not right yeah stegmeyer <laughs> um, you know he had kind of had some uh article that i had kind of linked around that because it was interesting again yeah he's just looking at a, a pure board game kickstarter right and so there's a lot of advantages because you know kickstarter is kind of for everything and I, so i think it was like they they learned from they did enough kickstarters right awaken well realm that i think they 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 realized okay what well, you know we're giving x percent to kickstarter every time we do this the platform itself isn't kind of optimized for board games it works but you have to kind of do you know always the pledge you know each game that you we've all dealt with that like different pledge managers and things like that are you know sometimes good sometimes bad depending on how they implement that stuff and so they just kind of like hey there's this opportunity here for one i think right it's kind of like them eating their own dog food like they like hey we can build this and we can use it for ourselves because we're going to continue to do crowdfunded board games i think that's kind of their whole uh, you know mo for their company um and then along the way hey here's also diversity in terms of it, it's you know we can basically use the platform to continue to you know make money uh, for the for other people and also help other people get their board games out there so um it'll be yeah it, it'll be interesting to see is there a certain tipping point of you know how many different other games besides the rake and well realm stuff shows up on there uh do people embrace it is it you know do they are they able to keep investing and making it better and better too so i think it'll be uh it'll be it'll be interesting it's definitely you know even out of the gate it seems like it's you know more than adequate and uh you know it, even as good as kickstarter if not you know has some some little things that are a little bit better because it's only board games on there so very cool um i did get uh an update zombie side second edition uh, shipping to like the U.S. hubs by the end of January, so then it'll start coming here any day now. So the RPG book, the the new edition, uh, all the figures. So um, have to figure out shelf space and realign that. Uh, and then the pledge manager for Massive Darkness Two just opened up. Yep. And I'm like, why did I back this? Um, so I'm <laughs> trying to look into if I can cancel if if I don't do the pledge manager. Can I? Can I back out? I think I can. Um, having some buyer's remorse there. You just have to find the 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 slight window where you could flip it, and, and for either and not lose any money. <laughs> That's the trick. There's this. Yeah, it will be interesting to see what on that game. Yeah, if like what the secondary market kind of looks like if there's enough people that are excited that didn't do the Kickstarter. But the problem is that it's such a huge Kickstarter. You're kind of like, it kind of feels like everybody that wanted it was probably in the Kickstarter, but not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah, those, those are a couple things coming, but um, any other crowdfunding kickstarting or um, the only, I think I, I posted a picture to our um, discord is I did get the um, uh, I think there was two things uh, from the uh what renegade from renegade games the old uh hunter hunter game stuff so uh our altered carbon the role-playing game uh i've had like the the electronic version of stuff but the hard copy book uh just came this week gorgeous they did a really nice job with uh 
the the slip cover and everything else looks really good. Uh, the the game it, the book itself is um, above average, but I mean, I they could have used again with all those things. It's how much art can you get in there, right? And so I wish they would have used a little more maybe art from the the TV series and stuff. Um, but uh, it's a high quality book and it, it is good. And it's it, it's the I would just say the outside of the book is probably more impressive than the inside of the book. But even even the inside is uh, is pretty good. Um, and uh, it'll be, I always call it, you know, RPGs that I, I own will never play. So I, I did play it, right? We did, <laughs> I did, we did play the, uh, the, the prototype version um, back with Ivan back in uh, Gen Con, but uh, I don't know how, how, more, how much often that'll back back to the table, but that was pretty cool. Uh, and uh, Alice, uh, Alice is missing the, again, that electronic version has been out for a while, but the actual hard, hard, hard copy uh, card version came in the last, last few weeks. So. That's another game I want. I do want to get that to the table because that looks pretty interesting. Excellent. Um, before we get into a brief library segment, uh, just a couple other things of note. Um, I saw a press release or headline for a new game from Osprey War Games uh, from the same designer as Gaslands called A Billion Suns. Uh, looks like a uh, Battlefleet Gothic kind of little ships, big space combat, um, D6s, maybe some move templates. Not not entirely sure. It comes out in February. So I imagine it'll be a book. They may do some minis with it, or they might you know, have third-party um, miniatures. But uh, Gaslands was such a fun concept and easy to learn, fun to play, that I'll definitely pick up a, a book by that design team for Space Battles. Um, so I saw that coming. Um, I don't know if you looked any too far into it, Troy. Yeah, I did, than... Again, they didn't, they don't have a lot of detail on the, right. On kind of the game and the mechanics and stuff, but it, yeah, my initial impression was that it looks like, yeah, it's something and it looks like, Hey, it's a battlefield Gothic kind of, um, something you can, can, you can, uh, while you're waiting for the new battlefield Gothic to show up one of the, <laughs> you, can, you can use a much more streamlined and probably fun rule system with there so i yeah i think there's right it, if it's in that kind of that gaslands you know mindset my guess is it you know kind of be you know, fairly simple and straightforward and 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 fun but maybe not you know super crunchy um something yeah. you're looking for in your spaceship game if you just want to get a whole bunch of you know spaceship models on a table and blow them all up i think that's that's what it looks like to me <laughs> yeah the osprey guys do really good stuff so yeah, yeah. and then um I did pre-order, so I had some. I still have store credit from Noble Knight Games. So the new Magic: The Gathering set, Kaldheim, uh, is coming in. I think February, February fifth, um, and it combines Vikings and Elena has some art in it in a land set. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll get a booster box. So I pre-ordered a booster box uh, from um, Noble Knight that'll ship out kind of first part of February. Um, rip open some packs and um i think so landon i'd given a bunch of old magic cards because he collects pokemon we've played a little pokemon he came down with a stack of cards you know probably 90 cards in his hand and he goes hey i was looking through all the magic cards you've given me and i made a deck can i learn how to play <laughs> and i like nice. he goes i put some of these lands in i put so he had, you know tried to mix in stuff but like all different colors and stuff i'm like well bud it's a little complicated but we can you know we can look at at trying to 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 get you to learn how to play because I, I think I was probably eleven the first time I played Magic, so you know he's he's nine, he's getting close enough. Um, 
but we might we might dabble in that here with the new set and you know maybe buy a couple of the pre-constructed decks and teach them how to play oh i uh, thought poorly. you're going to tell some story about how you then then proceeded to wipe them off the table and <laughs> turns <You're> like <laughs> it's with it's great with your red red deck or something so he asked me about playing risk he wants to learn how to play risk i'm like that's really intense and i'm thinking back to like my dad and my brother and i playing where it was like cutthroat you know there's no taking it easy in risk and he wants to learn magic we played zombie side black plague uh on new year's eve because he was like i really want to play this and i was like all right so we did the intro you know like four tile black plague and he started to get it so he's he's getting interested in some of the more you know more advanced than some of the the traditional kid games um and it's that fine line between flipping the switch to uber competitive and <laughs> you know like trying to play a, a learning casual style of play for some of these games is tough um but i i have been explaining the mentality if you play games for fun you don't always if you lose you can't get mad like you know just because he'll roll the dice and not get what he wants and get super mad and like lose the game and then he's super happy when he wins and it's like you got to find other reasons to play than winning <laughs> or losing because you're gonna lose more than you win at some of these games come on Todd. We, we were the same way oh i still have i'm a bad loser so I'm uh I'm trying to teach him to do it do as I say and not do yeah, as right. I do. Trying to make you better than we were. That's <laughs> any uh, other item? Yeah, I just wanted to to mention the uh, and my brother John got me turned on to this and because I hadn't is um, the Mandalorian. If you go back to season one in, on Disney Plus, there's the Mandalorian Gallery, which is the behind the scenes stuff with Favreau and all the directors and um and some of the and the actors and and it's like the first the first season i think there's like seven or eight episodes um and so i, I would recommend it all like it's just uh, amazing it's really good stuff but the really one of the really cool things is i didn't realize that you don't really is how they filmed the mandalorian is that it's it's in the the stage called the the volume i don't know if you guys did you guys see this at all mm -mm. Uh, mm -mm. so there you know there is the background on of the Mandalorian, right? The deserts and the interior and penny, almost anything. It's basically they're in this big room that has LCD screens all the way around, like on three sides of it and the ceiling. So four, four of the five sides are just all super high definition LCD screens, like all that whole thing. And then they basically, it's not that they're kind of in post-production doing the CGI, they're basically doing the CGI live real time. As, and then so when they're filming it, they're capturing the whole picture with the, the background being real time generated using like the um, like a, an unreal, like a, a 3D you know, game engine. Um, and it basically it's tied to the camera so that it always looks like it's in you know, position correctly behind the, behind the actors. And so it's just, um, yeah, so like that technology just blew my mind. Like, this is amazing. Um, and it was funny. Then John and I both like, like, this will be the next generation of True Dungeon. You're going to go in and like, <laughs> it's not going to be, yeah, it's going to be, you know, some pro. And what's interesting is like, even the, the Mandalorian set, it's this kind of like, they, there's very, you know, there's physical props and there's the spaceship 
kind of halfway and then it just kind of seamlessly blends into the the cgi on the screen right and so i'm like oh that that would be a true dungeon instead of you being in the you know <laughs> the walls could all be you'd be in this room and it's all lcd screens and they could make it whatever they want and you could you know i'm just like wow the, where we're gonna get in the technology is it's it's kind of like you know vr glasses but in you know in real life instead of you having to put glasses yeah, on yeah. It, it's all being projected so i would recommend like if you Again, they're, you know, they're whatever, somewhere between half hour and hour episodes for each one. Uh, I think the one that describes a lot of technology is like the second or third one in there. But um, but I would recommend it all. It's awesome. Uh, and then there's one, uh, they just do one behind the scenes for season two where they do some of that stuff. Um, so really, if you love The Mandalorian, you'll get, uh, you'll really like that stuff. And I would just, yeah, if you're interested in technology, it's uh, it's amazing, again, what Favreau, some of it was, you know, his background and what he did when he did, the, like, The Lion King and Jungle uh, Jungle Book. Um, and it was just, it's just been this progression of he's been able to, and then having Disney and Lucasfilm behind you to be able to kind of fund the technology. And basically, right, nothing's out of your reach in terms of, of uh, budget. Yeah. Um, is, is made this, it's incredible, right? And it's going to, like, it's going to be interesting how they're going to just push the boundaries now. Um, in terms of, of how they film, you know, all kinds of movies. So you know, really interesting. Very cool. On that note, Mandalorian, uh, let's dive into a brief basement of death library, uh, here on planet slain. We like to read and watch and listen to stuff. Um, I'll, I'll start cause I, I have a really lengthy list. It ended up being the, the final sprint of the 2020 reading challenge where I desperately <laughs> tried to catch up to my goal and the start of my 2021 reading challenge. Um, I've been doing a ton of reading. So I, I polished off uh, Trouble with Peace. Um, so the second Abercrombie in his new trilogy, um, I read Ready Player Two in like two or three days. Um, Countdown 1945, a nonfiction book about the um, the 120 days from Roosevelt's death and Truman taking office to the dropping of the nuclear bombs by Chris Wallace, the Fox News um, anchor, a really phenomenal historical book. Um, can't recommend it enough. I've started reading Redwall uh, to Landon every night. We read a chapter or two. So um, we had tried about a year ago. He wasn't quite into it, but now he's like constantly asking, can we read more Redwall tonight? Can we read more Redwall tonight? So we're going through the very first Redwall book, which is really cool for me because it was probably about 30 years ago when I was eight years old that I started, you know, getting in the Redwall. Um, so to revisit that, I listened to David Gemmel's Legend, the first book in his um, Draenei Chronicles. Um, really enjoyed uh, that. So I started the second one, um, The King at the Gates or whatever it is. Uh, on Audible, so I'm enjoying the the Audible when I get a chance to listen the, to David Gemmel. Um, and I'm reading a terrible book right now called Fate of the Fallen by Kel Cade. <laughs> uh, I think Bryce had mentioned this one originally, and and it, I just I can't. I'm slodging like just trying to get through it to get it done so I can move on to our next book club book, which I'm excited to read. Um, and I've got about a hundred pages to go in Fate of the Fallen. Uh, and it, it's a, it's an interesting idea. It kind of subverts the prophecy. The chosen one dies and his friend tries to pick up his quest and against all odds. But um, I don't know if it's the writing style or 
the dialogue or what it is, but I'm just not enjoying it. Um, but I'm trying to finish it to, to get it done. So it, it's just been a flurry of reading and audible over the course of the last roughly month. Um, some of that was winter break where I had some time that, you know, churned through a couple books, but doing a lot of reading these days. How about you guys? Any, uh, any reading or, or viewing or anything? Um, so I also picked up ready player two, cause we, you kind of like, I feel like you had to, although I was, uh, I had set myself up for disappointment cause I don't, I was always under the, I'm like, I don't think there really needs to be a ready player two book. Um, and so I don't, I don't know what he could have done that would have actually, well, I guess he could have wrote a good book and then I would have been impressed or whatever, but I don't know. I just felt like there wasn't anything left in that story. Um, but I, I had to read it because you're like, oh, they, yeah, there's going to send. Um, and it's, and it's, it was enjoyable. It was kind of fun, but it, it yeah, it, it, it yeah, it, it, I, it has some problems. We can, <laughs> yeah, we could go deep on that. It has some, uh, it, it, yeah, he, he, he tried and, uh, and some of it worked and some of it didn't. Um, um, I, again, I think some of it is also like, it's very, um, even like even some of the first book, I mean, the first, a lot of stuff that really spoke to me in the first book was just because that was my time. Like the eighties, like all, a lot of those things he hit on were, these are all the things I played with and, and, and things like that. And ready player two is a little bit more hit and miss and like, uh, yeah, there was all stuff there, but maybe I wasn't that excited about Prince and maybe, you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. I think if you were really, a, a, you know, if you're a certain big, you're a huge Prince fan or you're a John Hughes fan or, or things like that, you know, you're going to be a little bit more engaged probably with that. Um, so it, 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 it was what it was. I think it, it, it finished better than it started. I was actually, I thought the beginning of the book was actually not good at all. It was, but it, it kind of built, um, built better once, once they got to the part where they're, and maybe that's just On what the I clock. Really yeah, where it was like now we're kind of solving the mystery. Like, hey, now we have yeah. to get through the adventure. All of a sudden, there was that first scene where it's uh, he's with the other girl, and they serve solved the first puzzle to get that first piece of the shard. And all of a sudden, I felt myself like, hold it, this is that same feeling I had in the first book. And and I'm like, oh, this is the part. And and so those were the highlights for me. And the other rest of it, I didn't, yeah, didn't really have a whole lot with. But um, but that was uh, that was my excitement. And I didn't. I think I got close on my reading challenge. I think I read a two dozen books. I was shooting for 30 and I think I did officially like 24, 24, or maybe I did get to like 26 this year or something like that. So I was close. Um, and I'm, but I'm like, I'm not going to like go crazy to just, or cheat to get to my. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did 36 last year. I only got 27 done. So I reset it at 36 and I'm already, I think four done finishing five. So I'm off to a really good, pace to start and we'll see where i've finally stopped reading for a month or two and then have to scramble but and then the other i did uh i stumbled on this uh audio podcast audio drama called the oyster um and it's i think it's available on most podcast stuff and it's got seven or eight episodes on the first um the first season it's and it's uh and it was it's super dark and I don't know why it was, why I was listening. I'm like, I don't know that I need this to keep my, you know, it definitely doesn't help my, my mood and something. I mean, it's basically post-apocalyptic, um, you know, basically the earth as they, people have screwed over the earth and people are basically moving under, you know, there's basically underground kind of things to, for, for shelters that people have to move into. And then, um, it was interesting as I was doing that, as I was reading some of ready player two, because then the, um, it was just kind of really a juxtaposition of, 
kind of, I think maybe where we've come in the last whatever, 10 years, like, again, the idea, the oyster is really this, this virtual reality that people would plug into. Like if, if you're living in an underground colony and there's nothing, a whole lot to do, which was interesting in this world that we have of COVID too. Like there were some really interesting parallels uh, in this, some of that's like, well, if you had a, this thing where you could plug in and it gives you basically, and the oyster is it, it basically, you know, kind of just fired off endorphins and made you feel happy. Well, wouldn't, you know, it's like, here's the ultimate drug and, and things like that. So it, it, again, super dark, and, but really interesting and, and cool for, for what it was, which was kind of an audio drama. Uh, and it has some fairly decent names. I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but um, you recognize some of the names of the voice. Yeah, I think Giancarlo Esposito is, is one of the voice actors in that one. There's, there's some big name actors that. Yeah. And so, so it, uh, yeah, so it's at a high quality from a production level and things like that. So uh, I don't know if I'd call it enjoyable. It, it definitely was, uh, it, it was entertaining and made you think kind of things like that. But, um, and, uh, and, and just kind of the, the ideas there are all kind of interesting and kind of timely for where we are. And what, one of the really cool things is they have for a podcast how they they basically integrate the ads like they definitely have ads for like you know mattress people whatever but they basically make it like in the the show there's the idea is that in, underground they still have the idea of people doing broadcasts and and things and so they actually set the ads in the world of the oyster of this thing and the, <laughs> these hosts are doing it so it's really interesting like i mean you can skip over the ad when you get to the part but you can't really skip over because it's actually integrated into the show of you know the actual show that goes over so i'll give them props for that for that way of kind of kind of you know still paying for the for things but making it entertaining so nice josh about you any any audible books or viewing or yeah so um i i had missed the um the last book club because i i basically didn't i I didn't read fast enough (laughs) Uh, I had some things going on and I was a few chapters away from the end and I didn't want to spoil. I didn't want you guys to have to hold back because I I knew, you know, probably you wouldn't. And I also didn't want to spoil the ending. So, um, but yeah, I I finished. uh, So it was the, uh, the doors of Eden. um, If we hadn't mentioned that. Um, Everybody dies. Everybody dies. Um, Numerous times. And the, and the, and the (laughs) ship sinks and, you know, uh, but yeah, no, I, so I, I finished that one up um, and I've been reading uh, The Reign of Madness. So that's the uh, King's Dark Tidings series. Um, and that's pretty good. Um, which book, which number is that? I think it's book two. Yeah, it's got to be book two. I read that one. Yeah, we have to have we have to still have to have that one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I would agree with you that they're good. They're, they're interesting. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of enjoying them. They're they're sort of a fun ride. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, and uh, I I know this isn't reading, um, but I've been watching The Crown. Um, and you know, slightly history curious. I, I wouldn't say I'm a history buff, but I'm interested in that sort of thing. And so yeah, it's sort of interesting. Uh, it's sort of a, a fun way to kind of learn more about <laughs> that whole time period um you you kind of know the highlights right but you don't know all the uh the intricacies and and hopefully this is mostly historically accurate i don't know um but it's a it's a fun it's a fun show regardless so um oh and and when we're talking about goals i, I think i set my goal at 10 books 
and I did not hit that, but I did hit five books, uh, which was my goal for two years ago. So, um, yeah, there we go. I you you were doing really good, weren't you? Early in the year, Josh, you I was. Like, it was. I think you had five in June. Four, right? Yeah, you were like boom. Yeah. Oh, maybe I had maybe I had seven. Like, because I I definitely <laughs> read the the two book club books. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to go back and double check. I might have been missing a couple. <laughs> Um, speaking of streaming, uh, so I, I watched, um, on HBO max, uh, the DC universe, some of their stuff is coming over. So I watched Titans, um, the teen Titan show that's kind of been made more for an adult audience and actually in, enjoyed that, uh, parts of it. And then I watched the flight attendant, which is based on a book with Kaylee Kuoko, and it's kind of like a mystery thriller. And it was actually a very good show. Really? Um, wasn't sure what I was going to get. And I watched it and I was like, wow, this is actually really well done. Her acting is is phenomenal. The editing and like the way they build tension is just really good. And it's it's you get more than your standard mystery. I mean, long story short, she's a flight attendant. So the flight attendant, uh, she meets this guy one of the passengers and goes out with him in thailand when she has her layout you know the like the layover night before they fly to rome the next day or whatever wakes up after a night of shenanigans you know out drinking eating dancing whatever in his hotel room and he's dead and that's kind of where like it goes from there of what happened and her reaction to it and like fbi involvement the state department all this crazy stuff starts happening um but very good. Just enjoyed it. Watch that. So, speaking of streaming, that's that's a good one on HBO Max if you've got if you've got that. Sweet. Yeah, I have it. And I always forget that I have it, but I think now <laughs> it's on. Now it's on Roku. Now the I think the app's on Roku, so I can actually don't have to remember that it's on my phone. But that... <laughs> well, pitter patter. Let's get at her, Troy. <laughs> I've also started watching Letter, Letter Kenny, Kenny on Hulu. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I'm already on season two i'm just churning through it love it (laughs) all right speaking of pitter patter let's get at her main topic how you guys feeling you want to break before we dive in or are we just gonna keep on keeping on uh let's give craig a minute to catch up yeah all right freshen our drinks we'll stretch our legs and we'll be right back with the gems of 2020 All right, we are back from the break, and it is time to to dive in to kind of mining for the gold of the past year. You know, a lot of complaints, a lot of missed events. We've kind of talked about some of that stuff. We've also shared some of the ups, but did a little bit of reflection, uh, looked back at 2020. And um, originally, we we're going to do kind of the top three things or, you know, <laughs> three items, but... Bryce, uh, the the faithful intern, was unable to join us this evening, so we're pressing on with a top five. Um, so just kind of round robin, five things that really you know brought us joy. And I'll be honest, I cheated. If I did a category, I might have one or two contributions. But um, <laughs> there are no rules. There are no real rules to this. It's just yeah, just a, a way to organize our thoughts. 
tried, I kept mine to things that released in 2020 or like debuted or, you know, even if I um, may have enjoyed them here in January, um, I tried to keep it to the year 2020. So I'm going to start and then I'll, I'll kick it around. Unlike usually where I ask you guys, um, I'm going to kind of go in reverse order. So I had an honorable mention. So actually this is item number six. Uh, but my honorable mention for for great things from 2020 was Call of Duty Modern Warfare Warzone, the Battle Royale game. I have played literally hundreds of hours with a few of my friends, a um, couple guys that I've been friends with since like elementary school, and we've played video games throughout the years at different times. Then my buddy Danny, and we play probably three or four nights a week for a couple hours. is <laughs> pretty like dedicated, and uh, you know just that battle royale shooter hanging out with a couple guys having a beer as we um mostly die sometimes win um has been a a high point of of the year and the game was just really well made they keep advancing it with new new content um uh new new seasons that kind of reset the battle passes so pretty enjoyable pretty cool game um and uh, since I don't know if any of you cheated like I did, I'll just do my fifth item as well and then kick it over. <laughs> so there's not this awkward thing where I'm catching up at the end. Um, <laughs> as far as shows, so a lot of streaming, a lot of TV got watched over the last year. Um, two that really stood out that I just had a blast kind of looking forward to and then enjoyed was The Mandalorian Season 2. And then on Netflix... Um, based on a book, The Queen's Gambit, a series about a female um, orphan who learns how to play chess at a young age and becomes just like a, you know, a world champion chess player. And her approach to the game and her struggles is, you know, from broken home and addiction. And there's some really good like story and acting and drama to it. And then it focuses on chess and the competitive play of chess, which has certain parallels to you know, our love of competitive miniature games and other things. Um, and, you know, the the approach to how people handle competitive play and study and learning. Um, so that show was, was just a really special treat to kind of get through. So that was kind of the top, you know, really two streaming shows. There's a lot of good TV and movies, but those two just kind of jumped off the page as the, the better ones. So, yeah. And I'll, and Ty, let me, I'll just jump in because I, those are also, uh, I think, uh, duplicates of what I had. So yeah, Mandalorian, you, you, we had, and I think I talked about it. Like that was actually our family like activity over, mm -hmm. <laughs> over all the, the fall. Um, I think I'd mentioned that like we would every Friday or Saturday night, we would all get on discord. We would do the group watch. Uh, on Disney, and and by all of us, I mean my, both my bro both my brothers in here, Texas. My sister up in Door County. She would go to my parents' house. They would all get in, and uh, and so it, it it for me. It, so there's these two things around the Mandalorian, which was awesome, and then of course we would always then just all hang out for another you know hour hour plus whatever it was uh, as a family and just kind of talking about stuff and, and whatever. So um, so it's really kind of I, I think both those things are going to be really special in that. That was fun, and but the way that we kind of made it a, a real family event and use it a way to to connect in in the in the time of COVID here, it was it was really fun. Um, and I just have to second the Queen's Gambit. That was 
it was one of the few shows I actually got Sherry to my wife to to sit and watch with me. I I I watched the first episode and I was just blown away. And I'm like, you have to watch. And then I sucked her in on the second one. And then we went back and watched the, the first one. But yeah, there's just so much. I think as people as us that are competitive, you know, game players, like you you see, you kind of get into that. Um, but exactly like you although it's interesting, I described it to other people like it's this story about this girl who's kind of a genius um, and kind of a trouble genius. Maybe that's the right word. And there's also chess <laughs> along the way. Cause it, you know, cause I think people can get it. Like they do a really great job of like, you don't have to really understand chess. You don't like the it, chess is definitely there and everything, but the way that they're able to kind of like, it's not like, it's not that, you know, just like, it's kind of maybe not that exciting to watch us play AOS or something else like that. Right. As a spectator sport, um, you know, it's not that fun to watch a, a chess match uh you know every move um but the way they they work it into that show is amazing so yeah um so yeah so that's i think i had uh, mandalorian as one as one of mine here so uh so that's me so i'll throw it to josh well i mean <clears throat> i'll honorable mention uh mandalorian that would seriously that's it's been uh it's been a great show to to, to watch and but anyway um I, I've had a, a couple of things, uh, home improvement wise, uh, that, well, I'll, I'll say brew house improvement because they're both in the basement, um, rebuilding the gaming closet. Uh, it, it was sagging and it was getting pretty bad. And so, yeah, earlier this year, I, I think I might've mentioned it on a different episode, but yeah, I totally gutted it and, and put new closets in. Um, and I did it myself and I, uh, I feel pretty proud. Like it, it looks nice. So, um, and I reorganized everything. And then just recently, um, my father-in-law was over and we, uh, finally <laughs> after number of years, uh, put in the bar sink. Um, it's, it's been like there and the water was running to it. I just didn't have a drain. And so we had to run the drain and I had to run it like halfway across the basement and so that was the problem. It was <laughs> cleaning out all that storage space uh, and and running it um, along that wall. So uh, we finally have a, a nice gaming closet and a bar sink uh, for the brew house. So, yay! Now we just need some people. Right. Yes, it's all ready for people. Very good. Home improvements, uh, it, it brought me some joy. I finally got my windows installed December 30th. So I snuck it in at the end of 2020. So I guess I can count that after a couple of delays, had all the windows replaced in, in my place. So it's a little bit warmer this winter than the last two winters when I should have done it. Um, but other than that, there was um, some some reading that was done in 2020. Um, one of my favorite reads was the new Dresden book. So Peace Talks and Battleground both came out. I put Battleground in because it's kind of this epic confrontation and all these different allies and folks that have been introduced in other books are together fighting this huge titan, this evil titan, like Babylonian, you know, kind of uh, entity. Um, and it was just a phenomenal experience reading it. Uh, Butcher's Dresden series has grown on me as I've read each of the 17 books, you know, each one I get a little more invested in. I feel a little, a little more emotionally scarred after things happen. 
Um, so that that was there. A, a close second for me was Abercrombie's Trouble with Peace. Um, you know, he's becoming quickly one of my favorite authors. If I had to take five authors to a desert island, you know, they're like their books. He, he's probably on that on that short list. Um, and then a nonfiction book that I talked about in the, the library segment, Countdown 1945 by Chris Wallace, was I, I tore through that. I haven't read a history book that quickly in a, a very long time, um, but a very interesting, well-written uh, piece. So that was kind of my books for 2020. Um, Troy, I know you've got a book category, so I'll throw it your way. Sure. So again, we're, we have very, uh, we're like-minded in some respects. Um, so as I went through on my books that I had read for, I always like to kind of go through and, uh, at the end of the year and like, okay, what was my favorite book of, of 2020 of, of that I read? And sometimes they're not always stuff that came out in 2020, but, um, but, uh, you know, it, it's things that I read and that's what I kind of count. Um, uh, but I also had, I had, um, the uh, the trouble with peace as my um my favorite book of, of 2020 uh it just i i wasn't as um i loved the the first book in that series was was good but i wasn't like blown away by it i think and but it was kind of he had to kind of set up the new you know they jumped way ahead in the timeline or not way ahead but like a generation uh and so it was more of like hey i have to set up all these characters and and get kind of all the wheels in motion and the end of that first book all of a sudden a whole bunch of stuff happens and and you're and he sets a lot of things up but then trouble with peace just right from the start is uh the characters are so good and and his the way he just plays with gray gray characters right like mm-hmm. you kind of go back and forth and there's these two sides but in the end like I, at one point in the book you're just like hold it like is there like who do i really want to win like in, like nobody's gonna win it like you know there's just he does such a great job of the the grim <laughs> call it the grim dark because in the end nobody's really going to win you know, there there are a few characters that kind of like all right they're there here's definitely somebody who's kind of evil and these per- people seem a little bit more like they're maybe on the side of good but there's a lot of people that are kind of on both sides of it yeah. and, um and and i think that's what's just so intriguing right it's just so much more interesting than than a straight like good versus evil kind of thing right um so i i love trouble with peace um can't wait to see where he goes with that in the in the in the third book, and uh, and I have not. I again, I love Dresden. I'm just not as caught up to you. Uh, and but I think it's it's kind of what you talked about. Like I I I am emotionally invested with Dresden and the fact that he every book he takes there's such an emotional toll to pay mm-hmm. that it's one of those where I have to space out my. <laughs> I'm like because mm-hmm. it's like I'm gonna enjoy this, but I know that I'm gonna get emotionally you know go through a roller coaster, and uh, and I just have to be prepared to that and you can only have to do, I can only do that a couple of times a year. So as I've caught up <laughs> on the, the 17 books, I think I'm, I'm too, but I think I'm kind of too behind. I think I'm on, uh, on 15, which I can't remember the name off off the top of my head. So, um, so if, if I read that, maybe I would, that would also be on my thing, but my, uh, um, my other, um, my other good books were all were 40 K books. So I, I had mentioned that Saturine, which was the, the siege, siege of Terra number four book by Abnet was probably my, my my second book that I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed this year, but that's a genre book, so I don't don't count it. I don't count it quite as high since it has a limit, more, a little more limited appeal. So, all right, Josh, what's yours? Well, so I'm not going to talk about books. You guys, you guys are more booky than I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the 
2020 seemed to be the year of playing video games with my kids a lot. Um, and kind of in the summer, late summer, um, I had kind of worn my wife down and, and decided like we need a we need a Nintendo Switch because we had we had the old school Wii and that's what we had been gaming on. And I was like, we gotta get with the times, lady. Come on. And so she was like, all right, fine. Maybe Santa can bring that for them for Christmas. And my older two and I had been playing Mario Wii, which if you're not familiar, you can play co-op. So like the three of us could play together. Um, and so, you know, it's like late, sp- late summer, early fall. And I, I know it's, it's, it's like, you know, Christmas is coming. We need to beat this game before the switch comes. Cause nobody's ever going to play the Wii once the switch is here. So I'm like, it, it was literally like two days before Christmas, and we we finally beat Mario Wii, um, and they were like so excited. And even my youngest was sort of getting into it. She was like, "Oh, there's you know there's Bowser and there's the princess. We're gonna save her." You know, she was getting all into it, and it's really funny. So um, yeah, it, beating Mario Wii was sort of like our our little epic adventure for the second half of 2020. So. Cool. You want to bring it back with uh, another category, Josh? We'll, we'll switch yeah. up the order and the, the rotation. Yeah. 2020 for me was really <laughs> 3D printed printer focused. Um, I had gotten my 3D printer at the end of 2019. And so 2020 was a lot of figuring it all out. And uh, yeah, I <laughs> a lot of trials and tribulations and uh running into major issues and and sorting them out and even once you think you sorted something out it something else happens and yeah it's just been a a crazy ride so uh it's sort of a hobby in and of itself um just keeping the thing up and running is just a (laughs) sometimes a feat so um and you know it's it's probably boring for people that don't 3d print to hear but um you know I don't know. It's 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 sort of its own weird little niche that I've in, I've enjoyed. So um, that's that's sort of my little my highlight, I guess. Nice, Troy. Any other highlights for you? Sure. Uh, so I will. Maybe I'll do. So my quick honorable mentions are also again also three D printing, especially first half of the year because I think I got. Like I mentioned, I, I think I basically burned myself out of of uh, keeping the things up and running because I like I said, I got them up and running and now I'm not even using them anymore so that they can't break. And and, <laughs> and then I don't. And so we'll see. I, I, as like I said, once I have a plan, I'll bring it back. But the first half of the year, that was definitely in there. Uh, and then iRacing, people had talked to me about that. I spent, again, one of those things that I dove in hard for about six months. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of done. Like it, <laughs> like it, it feels like it's work and not fun anymore. So I'm gonna put it away for a little bit, and and uh, and I think as um, I'll, I'll probably pick it back up here a little bit as I get things reset. But uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. But I, I kind of you know it wore out its welcome in in some respects. Um, but my real one. So my real top one. I think I will go with. Um, I'll go with the the uh, GW. I mean, I think Ninth Edition came out this this year. Um, but one of the, you know, again, in the time of, of, of COVID and, 
and pandemic, one of the interesting things is, is GW, like we were all, you know, kind of bittersweet and sad when Adepticon didn't happen. And we knew there was going to be this huge GW reveal and, you know, I kind of previewed at that, that we were all used to as we go to these different shows and, and they kind of pivoted and, and, and they, now they do the, you know, the virtual previews. Uh, and it, that's been again, fun. Um, you know, I think they've learned, right. It's like, Hey, this is cool to kind of like do these things. And now I think there's one this weekend too, again, uh, for some of that. And it's kind of fun as, uh, uh, we all, you know, kind of separate, but together, some, we all kind of watch those things and, and see the new GW stuff. And, and they're actually hitting a, a larger audience, uh, on some of that. So I, I think one of the highlights there is kind of that combination of, again, the new, you know, 40 K ninth edition is. Uh, was cool and there's a lot of stuff and we're all like waiting to like really play like I, I got like one two games maybe in uh over this whole time um but uh, uh but just kind of the the way gw has kind of used the you know internet and the, the kind of the stuff they already had in place with um with their warhammer tv and things like that has been uh, i think you know even they created even more connection in some respects to a larger audience than they kind of had with their their con presence and so that's been been fun. So that'll be that's my whatever number three or four, whatever we're counting here. Very cool. Um, along the same vein, Games Workshop. So you know, picked up Indomitus. Uh, kind of cooled on AOS. Didn't really start any new new stuff in in my my game because no events, no no tournament armies. But then they did the uh, the Blood Angel release this fall, um, or I guess last fall at this point, and. Uh, it's been cool seeing one of my favorite armies from, you know, 40k lore get some new models and some new looks and new codex. So flipping through that, um, seeing the Primaris like Death Company and you know some some of the the new ways of doing it. The new uh, so Mephiston was the end of 2019, but you know kind of how he fits into to everything. Um, well, Sad Dante is still the same model for the last nine editions. <laughs> um, but the the Lord of Death Mephiston continues to evolve, um, so that that Blood Angel release was was you know really kind of the the high mark for me in in 2020 from a Games Workshop releases. Um, in addition to to your point, Troy, the the way they've been doing the preview shows and kind of community engagement and just you know living vicariously through Twitter for for some of the stuff this year when you're you're not in person, you're not seeing stuff. Um, hit the table. So that was a, a big one for, for me. Um, how about I, I spin it over to you, Josh, for another, another category. Yeah. Um, so I've been um, playing with these little devices called raspberry Pis. Um, most folks probably are at least somewhat familiar, but yeah, they're just little no, baby I'm computers not. basically. Um, and <laughs> you can do all sorts of cool stuff with them. There's all sorts of projects, and uh, it, yeah, I've just been messing around with those a little bit. Uh, I'm actually gonna, I, I think I might have mentioned this earlier in the episode, but yeah, I set up an Octoprint um, uh, on my Raspberry Pi so I can kind of manage the 3D printer easier. And um, I, I also purchased uh, a couple little Arduino boards, uh, and I have a little baby LCD screen, and it's just set up to do um, to to monitor the the OctoPrint. So <laughs> it basically just tells you how, how long you have left in your print, and then it'll cycle to like the weather. 
Um, and it, I saw some guys Etsy um, shop that he was basically selling the boards, and he would just he's just like, here you go, you know, do do whatever you want with it. So um, yeah, it's it, it's been fun messing around with you know little electronics, getting getting a little nerdy with it. There's some cool stuff. I mean, I'm sure there's some people that have done it, right? But and I've just started the same thing. I have one Arduino board and I have a Raspberry Pi. I haven't played as much with them, but I, I have them. But part of my mind also goes, especially with the Ar- Ar- Arduino boards, um, is thinking about them for terrain, like especially sci-fi terrain. Like, what could you do in terms of like having a LCD yeah. screen as part of your terrain thing, or? or have it control different lights or, you know, it, especially yep. like my mind goes that way with some of the space Hulk stuff. Like, Ooh, what could we, you know, <laughs> yeah. In my dreams on some of that stuff. So get like a little motor and it could like lift a, a, a bridge yeah. or something. something. Yeah. Yep, right. There's all <laughs> kinds of options. It's kind of crazy, right? It's just your imagination is kind of the, yeah. You can do. And, and again, time, right. It's all about time. And right. Some of that yep. stuff. But it's, yeah, it's amazing. All the, the stuff you can do with these little tiny circuit board, little tiny computers. Yeah, embed in in things. So, so even true. even I could come up with a uh, a use for them. I'm sure. Well, my my eyes glazed over. Um, I thought you were talking about 3D printing, um, <laughs> but I'm I'm more of a banana cream or a, a pecan uh, pie, the occasional <laughs> apple. Not really digging raspberry, um, but I haven't had a good pie in a, in a while. I mean, so uh, you know, if if maybe maybe. Maybe I'll sample a, a raspberry pie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've lost all sense of order. Should should I? I think it's me. Unless you all right. I, no, um, no. Go for it. Uh, so I will. It, it was funny. Calling. Like to do to. I don't know how you guys did prep. My prep was basically I took my phone and I basically went through all the pictures I had <laughs> 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 or in what stuff I posted and in, in over the last year and like oh I don't even remember that like. Um, that's uh, that through but one of the things that and i do have i'm staring at them right now one of the interesting things and i don't know if they flew a letter on the radar because there was some really cool stuff um if you don't follow um i think it's uh savage orc guy on instagram and uh it's actually uh i don't know what her name is louise she's actually a gw employee she works in louise sugden sugden yeah she's a awesome 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 girl um and she is uh like a graphic designer for gw but also an incredible you know artist and stuff like that um so long story short on that is the the 40k action figures there was the bandai one that that we got that was like that it's amazing that sits up in my office upstairs and then um the i'm trying to think of his name who's the uh oh shoot who's the art i'm trying to think of the uh uh the guy who did spawn somebody help me McFarland. McFarland, yeah. McFarland uh, toys. Um, Todd McFarland, his he did uh, a 40k and a Necron action figures, so kind of the the bigger scale uh, action figures. And those are and those are actually not. I mean, the Bandai ones are about a hundred bucks, and they're they're worth a hundred bucks. I mean, it it definitely feels uh, you're getting your money's worth there. Um, but the McFarland ones are also really awesome. Um, um, but and they actually feel like they're like almost cheap for what what you get for that because i think they're they're only like 20 or 30 bucks um and awesome and uh, but people have seen what people have done with those to repaint them uh, and that's why i mentioned louise like she had one where she kind of went through step by step and and weathered it and, and made it really kind of a from just a toy to this really cool art piece so 
Um, those are just, I, I look at those as they're just really cool. I think those are things we always like, wouldn't it be really cool to have these things? And now we do, like we have like 40, <laughs> we have everything we ever want with 40K, right? In some respects. So so those are, I thought were a, a highlight that I just wanted to, to kind of call out. Like, cause I'm, and like the McFarlane ones, are their price point on those is so like, I'm like, well, maybe I should get another Necron guy. Cause what is one Necron guy going to do, right? He's got to, <laughs> he needs a friend and, and maybe I should get a, <laughs> I want to, you know, it's like you could experiment with the the Marines because it's like, yeah, 25 bucks. We just think of what we spend for one GW miniature, right? Um, yeah, so. So those are my highlight. Very cool. I'm going to I'm going to shift uh, the lens to to role playing games. So, um, you know, played a lot of RPGs in 2020. Um, so talk about a highlight in general is is the campaigns and i i think i've touched on that plenty that i've either run or played in and um but from a a books standpoint in games um the age of sigma role-playing game so i'd had the pdf for months since the summer when i you know may when i pre-ordered or july when they delivered the pdf but the book came this fall uh, i think even in december it's just a gorgeous hardcover um for the soulbound role-playing game. So that that's really cool to get the, my hands on this year from Cubicle 7. And then 5th edition D&D has had some really good uh, books, but I think one of one of the top three released uh, this year, and that's Tasha's Cauldron of Everything, um, just additional classes, spells, uh, resources for Dungeon Masters, just a really great book um and and really fun one to kind of mix up with a new campaign and get some new characters and cool stuff like that so that that was something that i wanted to highlight um you know wizards of the coast and cubicle seven delivering probably two of my favorite rpg supplements of um of the last year yeah and if you can get the collector's cover for tasha's it's it's pretty amazing like even the normal cover is cool but i i happen to get I, i'm like i really want to get that the collector's cover and i'm I, when i came i'm just so happy with it <laughs> every time i pull it off my shelf because i actually need to use the book i always feel bad i'm like i shouldn't really like you know use the book because it's too nice but um yeah it's awesome troy uh what do you, what else you got any I'll bring us home. Uh, so I, I kind of saved this one for last because I think it's the one I probably got the most, probably the most uh, use out of um, was just, uh, and there was a lot of things we experimented with, um, you know, tabletop arena on different things, basically remote, you know, how do we play games now that we're not all together? Um, and you know, we play tabletop arena and tabletopia. And the one that we kind of settled on is board, board game arena has just been kind of a lifesaver. Um, that's we we've uh on and off you know through the year there's been we've been you know a lot of times it was many weekends in a row many days in a row uh just pulling off all the different board games that they have up on that site and uh and, and i think we end up liking that one because it ends up being most of the games there are more scripted and like they, so in other words there's you know they, they enforce the rules and you don't have to like it's a good way to learn games i think i've talked about that before and that you don't have to like the game the the engine itself is going to help make sure that you don't you know misplay unlike some of the other like tabletop arena or things where you just have all the components and you have to kind of like know what the rules are and just move things around it's more of like you know like we're really playing in real life uh, in that so in some respects that's cool but uh, it's just the board game arena is the ease of setup 
um, kind of ease of use in terms of that. And so able to quickly have a lot of fun and play a lot of games. Like we, you know, we played a lot of board games this year <laughs> remotely on board game arena. And, uh, so I can't, uh, and they just keep adding more and more. Cause I think, you know, they've had a huge influx in terms of users and people and, and things like that. So they, which is cool because then they have money in the platform and they continue to expand it. So, um, it'll be interesting, uh, you know, as we move on and even out of this is having these options that when we don't, you know, when we, even if we can get together face to face, it gives us options to play with, you know, you know, like Danner and, and people like that, that aren't, you know, that aren't remote. We should, we can take advantage of these platforms to continue to kind of play games uh, whenever we want, even if we're not in the same place. So, uh, so board game arena was kind of my, I had at the top again, not that there were rankings on any of this thing, but uh, probably the thing that I got the most, uh, most joy out of this year. So. Very cool. I'm yet to play a game on board game arena. You yeah, I know you guys are my work. Nights. I'm really bad about I've tried I tried to invite Josh a couple of times and he pretended he was washing his hair or something like that. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, yeah, one and again, it, it is so easy. We just need to figure out the uh, and maybe that's the thing. It's the problem is we we tend to be the the Weiss brothers tend to be very casual. Like, are we gonna kind of play on Friday, you know, Friday night? Yeah, maybe. And you know, we never, you know, it we it can be any time between six and 10 by the time we start and <laughs> depending on who's who's doing what so uh, but yeah definitely we should we can take advantage of that too for one of these days how about you josh what are you bringing it home with well um i have talked about it before um magic the gathering arena the, uh, the middle of the year of uh, middle of 2020 they released it for mac I had been flopping over to because I've have boot camp and I've been flopping over to my Windows partition uh, to play it on occasion, but I just wouldn't like it. Really, kind of hampered me. And then they released it in the middle of the year for for Mac, and because um, that's my my main mode of transportation. I uh, yeah, like I said, whenever I have ten twenty minutes, I'll I'll play a game or two, and uh, it's it's really a lot of my downtime is just, you know, a couple games of magic. So that's, it's really been uh, my main gaming for the year. So that's why I figured I'd end it on that one. Nice. Yeah, it was, uh, I think a, a lot of people through the pandemic have played on arena, you know, you've seen stores move their Friday night, um, you know, magic to different ways of using arena to do it. And you've seen mm -hmm. some tournaments and, you know, just kind of the, the pandemic brought about a need to find a way to engage with that card game um, in a different medium. And, and arena definitely, definitely uh, took care of that for many. For um, sure. For me, I, I think one of, in, you know, no order but uh what was really cool is one of my favorite games as a kid was hero quest and and that's always been kind of one of my grail games when i talk about uh you know not having my original board game set and missing that one wanting to be able to bring that out and you know enjoy the nostalgia and reminisce so when hasbro did their hasbro pulse hero quest campaign um, you know, I won't have it in hand until sometime later this year, 2021, but getting that opportunity to, to back that on the, the 
their crowdfunding platform um, and look forward to it was was a really cool kind of moment to see that campaign revealed and the new models and you know the the excitement from I, I think uh, you know several thousand people just like me that grew up playing the game loved it and introduced them to that genre and that style of, of game and um, to have that coming in the next year is kind of a a nice transition from backing it in 2020 and that'll be super exciting when it finally like hits the hits the mail and shows up in the big box and I can open it up and you know introduce my son to it will be will be pretty cool. And you know Ty, I I also backed it. I'm I'm excited for that to come, but you know you're going to um you're going to reach out. You're going to want to, you know, maybe have some friends who have some 3D printers because having a 3D version of the HeroQuest board is going to be really, really cool. And there's already, they're already out there. The the guys at Dragon's Rest oh, really? already got all the pieces out there um, that you can start working at. So you could actually have the board before you actually have the game. If you oh, want. like the tiles just, and just saying, if that you have to kind of, you might have to stay awake for the 3D printers yeah. to get that to happen yeah or i just ask you know <laughs> the dozen or so people i know that seem to be addicted to this <laughs> yeah we know people we know people that's uh-huh. it's it's good to know nerds any other highlights i don't want to shut the door on 2020 unless it's official but should we mark it tag it send it out the door the only thing I want to say is I think the other thing is just this, right? It's the, you know, not just our podcast, but other podcasts, uh, you know, uh, I think, you know, we, we mentioned earlier when we were on uh, with uh, Mr. Mephisto and, and, and other things like that. I think that has been a lifeline for a lot of people and a lot of highlights um, through this is that, uh, you know, as we've been apart, we've used these different mediums that we've had to, to, to kind of stay connected and, and keep talking. So I, I think that's just the, the other part of this is we've continued to, um, to kind of use the stuff we had, but uh, it's also, it's been a highlight for this year. So. Absolutely. Um, it would, I would be remiss if I didn't say the, you guys and our chance to, you know, get together in a little bit of a different format and chat for a couple hours every so often and plan the show. And, um, you know, reach out to some of our, our friends and, you know, industry folks and get different interviews and participate in stuff. But, um, you know, it's the, uh, it's the definitely a big part of the 2020 was staying connected and, and keeping working on the, the show as, as much as I only ramble on and eat up, uh, the airwaves and you guys do all the, the work um it's definitely been a a high point so all right 2020 see ya let's move (laughs) on to 2021 um still no events uh to really talk about um you know uh (laughs) we'll see what happens uh, as the vaccines get out there and eventually maybe america gets their stuff together we might have tournaments and conventions again. Um, I did see uh, Herner put out the dates, November 5th through the 7th uh, for um, the next Holy event. So hopefully that is far enough out. He just, uh, I think he just tweeted today 
um, or tonight rather about it. November 5th through the 7th, 2021, Holy Havoc 5, The Warlord Ascends. So a date has been confirmed. We'll see what happens. Very excited when registration opens up because I think by November we'll be in the clear. So that, that talk about motivation. That might <laughs> actually be it right there is to start working on a Havoc army with Bryce for, you know, for fall of 2021. Um, but that's all I've got for events. I don't know if there's been any news on other tournaments or I, I, I don't even want to speculate on anything else. I mean, we, yeah, yeah cause it'll just be a downer. So let's yeah. just, let's <laughs> just keep that high. I, I liked where you went with that. And I'm like, let's just keep it positive. Cause anything else I talk about is going to be negative. So 2021, it's a year of, of positivity, Troy. We're going to get yep. through this together. Negative tie is going to become positive tie, positive tie. Get it. <laughs> that's a dad joke. Um, I like it, but that is it. It has been a uh, a great year. Um, we'll we'll probably be talking to some of you soon, as we you know not not hinting at what episode fifty entails, but you might hear from us um, directly as as we reach out uh, with some insight and info. Um, but in the meantime, you know, give us a review. I ask for that every time. I haven't seen a new review in months. So I, I think our same 10 listeners are like, dude, we've already reviewed it. They won't let us do it again. Um, <laughs> but uh, iTunes, Spotify, who knows where else, everywhere. You can listen to the podcast. You can listen to us. So check it out. Facebook, we've still got a Facebook page. Twitter, going to start tweeting. Get the, the tweets out there. Um, and uh, you know, basementofdeath.com. I think Troy is publishing a um, Siege of Terra manifesto uh, in the coming weeks, and then emails. I, I, yeah, I do want to. Th- I, I not that it, it's probably not the same overlap, but I do want to thank all the people that comment on. Mostly, it's the Horus Heresy. Um, and again, Ty, you were the inspiration for that whole thing for the <laughs> the most popular article that we have on the on the the blog that's just blown up is uh is this kind of the uh the horace heresy book review and and kind of the the books on there and uh I, i'm always amazed at the basically thousands of people that look at it every month and people are do comment on that and thank for that stuff um and so again if any people there roll over and listen here um uh, I, I appreciate that and again that was just uh like i said it was just in the end it was ty asking me what books he should read and it uh, inspired, <laughs> inspired this whole thing that's uh kind of blown out of proportion so i'm often an ideas guy and you're the execution you and josh get get stuff done and i uh i just go you know what would be cool so <laughs> all right well hopefully everyone had some fun with us along the way in 2020 and enjoys this uh first episode of the new year And for now, friends, keep the dice rolling, the drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying.
that we have made it to the dawning of a new day. It felt a little bit like Gandalf coming over the the ridge with the Rohirrim and the sun blazing down on Helm's Deep 